Welcome to the Absolute TechNet podcast for February 6, 2024. This net was all about grounding and bonding. For more information about the Absolute TechNet, visit us at absolutetech.org. Thank you for listening in 73. Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of the Absolute TechNet. We meet here each Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and our net lasts up to, but no more than two hours. Connection information is available at our website at absolutetech.org. At this time, I'd like to thank the members of the Absolute Tech team, Scott, N4UPC, Mike, N6RDF, Chris, VE3RWJ, Mickey, KL7FR, Jeanette, KF5SSR, and Ed, KF7ROH, as well as all of our supporters and participants who make this net possible. Absolute Tech is a technology net for ham radio operators and others that covers a broad spectrum of technology. All tech-related topics are always open for discussion. So if you're excited about something tech-related, bring it on. We want to hear about it. Feel free to make comments under the direction of the net control station to give the net a feeling of collaboration without the chaos. I pause. We really do want to hear about what realm of technology has recently captured your interest. If you have a quick question about a project you're working on, please feel free to ask the net. For those with non-technical comments, we want to know that you're out there as well, and we ask that when checking in, uh, you please state your call sign followed by a check-in only, no tech comments. This will keep the momentum of the net moving forward and focused on tech. Participants' answers should be brief, but if brief isn't possible, please use our Absolute Tech Facebook page to carry your conversation further. You'll find the link to our Facebook page on our website, again, at absolutetech.org. Please be aware that there is a three-minute timeout timer on these connected systems. We do use NetLogger for this net. Uh, it's a great way to get, to, uh, uh, get great way to get connected with our host uh, and to see who's lurking and communicate with others via the AIM window. However, on this net, we take RF check-ins only. So, without further ado, let's get started with this week's edition of the Absolute Tech Net. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Scott in for UPC. We've got a great net uh, coming up for you. We've got Emmett, uh, who's going uh, W4EDP, uh, who's going to talk about grounding and bonding. Uh, so, without further ado, let me go ahead and turn it over to Emmett, uh, W4EDP from N4UPC. Take it away, Emmett. Well, good evening, Scott, and the rest of the net. This is Emmett. My call is W4EDP, Whiskey 4, Echo, Delta, Papa. Uh, this is the first time I have ever been on here, quote-unquote, running a net on this particular net. I run many others, so if I uh, make mistakes, y'all bear with me. Uh, it's my understanding that we take in and outs first. So with that, uh, we'll start taking some check-ins. When you check in, give us your call sign. Give it to us phonetically using standard phonetics. Give us a name and a location. So those stations that are not going to be sticking around, call now. 
Mac Control Copy Alpha Echo 7 Micromeal Alpha Echo 7 Micromeal Mr. Terry AE7 MR No Tech Comment this is Kilo Bravo 2, Foxtrot Alpha. Kilo Bravo 2, Foxtrot Alpha. Carl in New Jersey, no tech comments. Golf Mike Zero Uniform, Uniform Bravo GM Zero, UUB. Graham here, Alawa, Central Scotland. Comments just listening. GM Zero, UUB. This is Kilo Juliet 5, Echo Bravo Juliet. Kilo Juliet 5, Echo Bravo Juliet. This is Russ in Austin. No tech comments. Net control. Kilo November 3, Quebec. KN3Q Ronaldo in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Just no tech questions, just listening. KN3Q. Net control, Kilo 6, Delta X-Ray, November, just listening in. Good evening. Net control, uh, Whiskey 7, Juliet, Sierra, Mike, John from Seattle, uh, just listening. Uh, net control, this is November 8, Bravo, Norway, Echo, and 8 b e Larry, Pleasant Lake, Michigan, just listening, over. Uh, net control, please copy Whiskey 7 Delta Tango Hotel. Whiskey 7 Delta Tango Hotel. Steve in Reno Valley, California. No tech question. TME, Victor Echo 3, Tango November Echo. Ted in Toronto, no tech questions. Brandon, and uh, no, just happy. All right, let's hold up there. Let me run down the list and acknowledge the folks that have already checked in with us. We have myself, W4EDP. My name is Emmett. We got KS7ROA Ted, N4UPC Scott, KI5SSR Mr. Net, KL7FR Mike, VE3RWJ Chris, AE7MR Mr. Terry, and a friend of mine from right around the corner, AF4MH Matt, KB2FA, that is Carl, GM0UUB Graham, KJ5EBJ, uh, I'm sorry, Russell. KN3Q, Ronaldo, K6DXN, Simon, W7JSM, that's John, N8BNE, Larry, W7DTH, that's Stephen, and V3MTE, that is Jeffrey. Now, it looks like we got a question on one, um, somebody by the name of Brandon. Uh, Brandon, come back and give us your call sign. Give it to us a second time phonetically, slowly, please. Uh, call sign is Kilo India 5 Sierra X-Ray Echo, Kilowatt India 5 Sierra X-Ray Echo, and I do not have a question tonight. Over. All right, KI5SXE, Brandon, we got you on the log. All right, further check-ins, call now. In and out only, please. Quick correction at control. I was uh, the second last call in. Uh, I think you got the call sign wrong. It's VE3 TNE uh, Victor Echo 3 Tango November Echo. Ted, no tech comments. November 5, November Bravo Alpha. November 5, November Bravo Alpha. Al, Houston, Texas. 
Okay, let's hold up there. Okay, the VE3 station, uh, let's see, maybe NetLogger just hasn't updated yet, but uh, give me that call sign one more time. Oh, there, I see. Uh, no, give me that call sign one more time, the uh, VE3 station. VE3, TNE, Victor Echo 3, Tango November Echo, Ted. Okay, Ted, we will get that corrected. Well, it looks like it's already co uh, corrected. Now, we got um, Alfred N5NBA, but there was there. So that other station that just tried to check in, other than N5NBA, please, that station only. Victor Alpha 7, Sierra Lima, VA7SL, Scott Vancouver, no comment. Okay, VA7SL, that's Scott in Vancouver. We got you on the log. All right, uh, stations that are going to be in and out or have no comments, chickens, keep coming. 7COJ, Quinnell, British Columbia. Kilo Golf 5, Yankee Oscar Uniforms, Daniel, down in Houston, Texas. Yeah, control, this is Kilo India 7, Papa Kilo Lima, KI7, PKL. No comments at the moment. Y-O-U, Daniel, we got KI-7-P-K-L, that's Roy. Before that, we had a uh, station 7, Charlie Hotel Alpha. That station only. Please give us that complete call uh, phonetically and slowly. Station ending in Charlie Hotel Alpha. Please come back with your call phonetically and slowly. All right, well, we'll just move on from there. Uh, any other in and out or stations with no comments, call now. VE7, Florida, no comments. All right, that was a super train wreck. That was at least three people, probably more. Uh, let's try it again, one at a time. Victor Echo 7, Charlie Uniform Juliet, Quinnell, British Columbia, no comment. Charlie Tango 1, Alpha Foxtrot Sierra, no comment. Charlie Tango 1, Alpha Fox Sierra, good evening. Good evening, Victor Echo 3, Kilo, 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 Bravo, Fox, Cut, Mike, Captain Bob, Florida. My very first time on Wire 6. I hope I did it right. Kilo, LA 9, Echo, Oscar, Delta, Jim, Indiana, no comments. Kilo, Echo Romeo Delta Juliet, Kilo Echo 8, Romeo Delta Juliet, comments. Alpha India 5, Lima Mike, Alpha India 5, Lima Mike, no comment. November Uniform 7 India, NU 7I. Golf Sierra, VY1MGS, Michael in White Horse, Yukon, Canada, greetings all. Kilo 5, Charlie, Alpha, Papa, 5, CAP, no comment. You'll have a good evening.
Okay, let's hold up there. I know we missed a few because there was a couple of train wrecks in there, but let me run through what I do have. We have uh, Charlie Tango 1, Alpha Fox Sierra, that's Victor. We have VE3, HAB, Ron. KC9, EOD, that's James. KE8, RDJ, that's Alan. AI5, LM, John. NU7, L, that's Daryl, VY1, MGS, Michael, and K5, CAP, that is Cray. So if you were missed in that round, come back with your call slowly and phonetically. Only the stations that were missed. No new check-ins, please. Seven Oscar Tango X-ray. This is Ryan. No comment. No comment. Okay, we had another double, plus we got a station that's got some choppy audio. I got Ryan. Ryan, how about come back to us again? Try it again, please, sir. Bet. Kilo, Foxtrot 7, Oscar, Tango X-Ray. Ryan in Portland, Oregon. No comment. Okay, thank you, Ryan. KF7, OTX. Now the other station that was trying to check in that time. Echo 7, Charlie, Uniform, Juliet. Name's Wallace. Quinnell, British Columbia. No comment. Okay, Vico, uh, Vico, I'm going to try that again. Victor, Echo 7, Charlie, Uniform, Juliet, Wallace, we got you on the log. All right, uh, was there anybody else that we missed that go-around? No new check-ins, only stations we missed. Kilo, Kilo, 4, Bravo, Foxtrot, Mike, Cat Bob, Florida, no comment. Okay, we got KK4BFM. That is uh, Robert or Bob down in Daytona Beach. We got you on the log. All right, uh, let's take, well, let me do this. This is W4EDP, Whiskey 4, Echo Delta Papa. My name is Emmett, and this is the Absolute Tech Net. It is Tuesday night. We got uh, VE3BMS. That's Bruce also on the log. Uh, Check ins who are going to be in and out or have no comment. It's your turn. Call now. Victor Alpha 7, Bravo Kilo November, Bob, British Columbia, no comment. Whiskey Bravo 9, November, Yankee Romeo, WB9, NYR, no comment. Victor Alpha 7, Tango Whiskey Lima, no comment. This is Kilo Fox 5, Delta Papa X-Ray, no comment. All right, let me run through what we picked up that go-round. We got VA7BKN. We got WB9NYR. We've got KF5DPX. And we've got a question mark here. Call ends in Tango Whiskey Lima, TWL. That station only. Please come back. Give us your call slowly and phonetically. Victor Alpha 7, Tango Whiskey Lima. Victor Alpha 7, Tango Whiskey Lima. va 7 we got it that time. Thank you, sir. And, folks, that's the way you do it. Giving your call sign twice phonetically sure does help net control out a whole lot. All right, let's pick back up. I think this is the last go-round we're going to have, taking in and out or stations with no comments. Give us your call sign phonetically twice, please. Call now. Kilo 9, Sierra Tango Uniform. Kilo 9, Sierra Tango Uniform. No comment. Four Alpha Foxtrot Alpha ten and we know Alabama. Kilo Juliet six C 
Sierra, Yankee, Kilo, Kilo, Juliet, Six, Sierra, Yankee, Kilo, name is Eric, no comment. All right, let me run through these. Um, we had K9STU, Stewart. We got KJ6SYK, that is Eric. Now, we've got a question mark on one. It ends with Fox Tango Alpha. So the station whose call ends in Fox Tango Alpha, give us a call back. Give us your call sign phonetically twice and slowly, please, sir. All right, either we uh, messed up the last letters or he said he was one and done. All right, well, that's it for, the, uh, for this round. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to talk about grounding and bonding tonight. So get your questions ready. Grounding and bonding. Uh, I know lightning and static and some other things that come, come up. That's part of it. Uh, my name is Emmett. My call is Whiskey 4, Echo, Delta, Papa. A little bit about my background. For the last 27 years, I have worked for one of the nation's larger railroads on the East Coast. Nothing to do with electricity. It's all uh, computers. But uh, prior to that, for 20 years, I was a lineman for a utility company, uh, realizing I've been out of the game for a while. But, you know, some things don't change, so we're going to talk about it. Again, grounding and bonding and why it is so important. We're going to get started taking some check-ins uh, along with some questions and some comments. So uh, check-ins, if you're going to stick around, you're going to ask some questions or you're going to have some comments, this is your turn. Give us your call sign. Give it to us phonetically and slowly. It'd be helpful if it's twice. Call signs, check-ins. Call now. Back control, this is Kilo India 7, Papa Kilo Lima. Yes, I do have a question. J-I-7-P-K-L, I know that voice and call. Roy, how are you doing this evening? Go ahead with your question. Hey, I'm doing pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, I didn't realize what the uh, subject was today. I've got this question I've been thinking about for quite some time, and you might just know the answer. I run my station off. It's in my house, but I run my station off-grid. I have solar panels and a charge controller and a great big battery and all that kind of stuff. And, of course, my station is grounded uh, with a, uh, you know, earth ground ground rod that I drove into the ground. Normally, you're supposed to connect your station ground rod to your house service ground for some good reasons. However, nothing in my station is connected to house power. It's completely separate. Now... Under those circumstances, should I still connect my ground rod to my service ground, or is it better to leave it completely separate? Back to you, KI7PKL. That's actually a very good question, and I think you've already hit the nail on the head. You have nothing connected to mains power coming into the home. Uh, you said you have a ground. That would be for your antenna. And uh, since you're running off strictly battery and you have no connectivity to anything power-related in the house, the answer to that question would be no. You do not need to. You are grounded. And because it is a single station, again, nothing connected to house mains power, there's really no need for bonding. Uh, in fact, it might cause more trouble than it prevents. Uh, hope that answers your question. If you got anything else, let me know. Thank you so much for clearing that up. Yeah, PKL. All right, sir. Uh, let's see. Next, uh, next check-in. Call now. Net control. 
please check in. Victor, Echo 6, Charlie, Kilo, VE6KY with a question. KS7ROH, Kilo, Sierra 7, Romeo Oscar Hotel with a question. Kilo, Mark 4, Victor Papa Golf. Kilo, Mark 4, Victor Papa Golf. Douglas and Fayette, roll, tie, roll, good evening there, no traffic, just listen to learn something. All right, let's go back up to Ed. Um, KS7ROH had a question, oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry, I went out of line, sorry about that. VE6KY, VE6KY, Wally, he had a question. Go ahead with your question, Wally. Hey, just a correction on the call sign, it's Victor Echo 6, Charlie, Kilo Yankee, V6CKY, name is James. Um, just a question. Um, my shack is actually in my garage. Uh, my garage, I do not have a sub-panel in my garage. Um, I have a ground rod. My station is grounded. My equipment is grounded. Uh, my uh, lightning arresters that are grounded all on a large copper plate, which is connected to a ground rod that's driven outside of my garage. Now, as far as a bond back to the um, electrical main um, grounding point. I do not have any ground uh, as such per se um, because the electrical ground for the house is probably about 75 feet away. Um, is there a better way to do this? And if, and if so, I'd like to know. Thank you. James, another excellent question. Unfortunately, there's not a better way to do it. Um, you know, distance can be a problem. Buildings you know how they're constructed can be huge issues as as well, especially when you're putting together something after the fact, after the building is built. But uh, let me give you a good example of why a bond is so important. Most of us that have been in this hobby probably remember back to the 80s, 90s, you know, maybe 2000s back in there, and remember the first round of portable telephones, wireless telephones. You know, you had a base station. You had a phone line plugged into it, P-O-T-S, a POTS line. And, of course, you had that thing plugged into power. Those things were notorious for getting taken out by static lightning. And one of the biggest reasons was that you had two grounds where that piece of equipment was concerned. You likely had a, you, well, you most definitely had a ground at the service main entrance to your home where the power came in because that's code. But... Unless the phone company brought their DMARC in right next to the power and tied into that ground, they likely ran their own ground, which wasn't near as good as the power ground. So now you got the phone line on one ground, probably not a great one. You got the power line on yet another ground, probably a very good one. And you got that poor portable phone sitting in the middle. So along comes the static. I'm also, and I say static on purpose because, uh, folks, when lightning hits, it leaves some definite marks. So it's more than likely a static charge. It's looking for the best ground, and it walks right through that portable phone device to get to that power ground. Now, had those two grounds been bonded, that device likely would have survived. So while you got a tough road ahead of you, you really need to scout it out and find a way to bond to that power mains ground coming into the house. And uh, one thing i throw out here right now, being an old lineman, I saw do not tie to a ground on an outlet or a switch in the house and try to use that to go back to it. That's a huge no-no. It can't carry the current. I know that's probably not the answer you wanted, but I hope it helped. 
Yeah, Roger, I, I understand, and I also understand. I've done a little reading myself, and I've learned a little bit about ground loops as well. Um, I, I don't have a, a, a ground rod um, at the service entrance. What they did when they actually upgraded my service was they installed a ground plate. So there's a ground plate that's tied to the main. Um, I probably could go to a water line. I don't want to go to a gas line, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I appreciate the appreciate the feedback, and uh, thanks. I'll let you get on with the next question. Definitely do not tie to any type of gas line, whether it's propane, natural gas, or any other type. Uh, definitely no on that. Using a water line, that is uh, permissible in most uh, municipalities and under most codes. As a matter of fact, it was quite common back when lines were galvanized steel or copper. A lot of lines now are PEX or plastic, PVC, C. PVC or plastic of some sort, so obviously that's a no-go. And if you do go the waterline route, just make sure you got uh, conductivity from one end to the other, that it's a solid metal pipe. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's see, KS7ROH, that would be Ed. Good evening, Ed. What's your question, comment? Uh, good evening, Emmett. This is KS7ROH. Thank you, first of all, so much for uh, hosting the net tonight and uh, talking about such an important subject. Um, and uh, thank you, by the way, for making it easy on me doing logging tonight. Uh, you've been making it a uh, very easy job for me, so thank you very much. Um, so anyway, uh, my question has to do with uh, POTA activations. I haven't done any yet. And uh, I'm, I'm curious about um, this particular subject. So let's say I decide to do a POTA or SOTA uh, activation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm out in the middle of nowhere or in a park or what, what have you. Uh, how important is grounding and bodding in that situation? Um, you know, let, let's say it's clear weather and absolutely no lightning is expected and there's no uh, risk of that being an issue. Um, should I still do some grounding and bonding? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And then uh, I think I have another question for you after that. Uh, KS7ROH, back to Whiskey 4 El Echo Delta Papa. Well, this is W4EDP. My name is Emmett, and this is the Absolute Tech Net on Tuesday night. <laughs> That's a really good question. I'm going to assume that you're, you said you were out in the middle of nowhere, so you're probably not running off of AC power, uh, or if you are, you're using a battery to generate it through an inverter or something along that line. So really, there's no bonding to be done. Um, the grounding piece of it, that's really going to depend more on your antenna and the connection between the radio and the antenna than anything else in the world. You know, one caveat um, that you, on something you said, you know, clear weather. Well, I mentioned it earlier, you know, people love to go, oh, lightning hit my house. Well, probably not. If lightning hit your house, it would be somewhere between a big hole in it and completely obliterated. Lightning hit my radio. No, if you can still see it, lightning didn't hit it. It's a static discharge, and static can do some serious damage, and it can cause arcing. It, it can, it can do, you know, it can do way more than that little shock from rubbing your feet on the carpet and touching something grounded. Um, so, quote unquote, good weather. Um, you know, you're best to always try to look at weather on some type of instrument, radar, something along that line, because uh, 
blue skies and little white puffy clouds from your vantage point could easily mean a dark cloud somewhere that you can't see 25 miles away, and that is certainly close enough for static to do some serious damage. So a ground definitely wouldn't hurt you, uh, but really as far as bonding goes, there's no reason for that. Hope that helped on that one, and uh, if you got another one, go ahead with it. Okay, great. Thank you so much for that one. And uh, my follow-up question is about uh, more to do with bonding between multiple ground points. So um, in my situation, I have a uh, – I, I rent a duplex. It's not very big. And um, I, uh, I have a ground rod out in the backyard where my HF uh, antenna is, and it's bonded to that um, through a, uh, one of those uh, lightning arresters. And um, I have an RF ground um, uh, on the opposite side of the house uh, through a window. Um, I've got that connected to a uh, ground bus bar, and uh, all of my equipment is grounded to that. Now, I don't have them bo uh, bonded together at this point, and I'm curious, um, you know, how urgent is that, and... Um, I, uh, I'm wondering, do I have options with regard to the material that I use for bonding with, or do I have to use that thick-gauge solid copper uh, with the green insulation? Um, uh, I think that's, uh, that's my last question there for you for now. Uh, KS7ROH, back to uh, W4EDP. Well, let's take a little bit of time here to answer that because you brought up some good points and some things that we were going to touch on a little bit later. Uh, first off, you know, always adhere to your local, your municipal, and your federal electrical codes. And by the way, you know, those sometimes quite often, but uh, the bulk of them have been there for years and for good reason. Um, anytime you are dealing with multiple separate grounds and connected to equipment, that can somehow see those multiple grounds. So in other words, in your case, I know you said you had at least two grounds, possibly a third, And but you know, one of them's connected to an antenna. Well, that's a shield of a cable. The shield of that cable is connected to the body of a radio. And that radio is connected to power, and it's connected to a ground, so therefore the two grounds can see each other via the body of that radio, and that's where you start to get into trouble. Uh, any type of surge, be it a, you know, like I said, a, a, a direct lightning hit is highly unlikely in most cases. What you're dealing with is static. Uh, but that discharge is going to walk through anything and everything in its path to get to the best earth ground. It's not going to go to the closest one. It's going to go to the best one. Well, if the best one happens to be the closest one, it will, but it's always going to go to the best one. And if there's a piece of equipment in the path, it's going to go right through that piece of equipment. You know, it's a 50-50 bet as to whether that piece of equipment will survive or not. But in today's day and age, with, uh, you know, small, tiny components and electronics, static is not your friend. Uh, let me break for just a minute. Did that, did that help you on that piece of it? Uh, yes, KS7ROH. I think that does uh, highlight the importance of uh, doing some bonding in my case. So I guess um, that leads into my follow-up question, which is how to accomplish that, uh, considering there is a distance of, let's say, um, 
50 linear feet, you know, as the crow flies, so to speak, uh, from one side of the building to the other. Um, hopefully, uh, we have some uh, some options there. Uh, KS7ROH, back to net control. Yes, sir. Well, you definitely do have options there. I mean, you you have you know strap, you have solid wire, you have stranded wire. You mentioned the you know green coating. That is not mandatory for grounding in most cases and by most code. Um, it is generally there when it is around a wet or human exposed area. In fact, most cases where you go out to your power meter and the box that it's in, you'll see a bare copper wire. That's a solid wire. Uh, stranded versus solid has got a lot of caveats to it. They're both suitable. They're both perfectly suitable for grounding. The conditions would be length, turns. Obviously, solid wire is not going to make turns easy, and you don't want to bend it sharply. Uh, Things can arc. Things can exit a wire. Um, so you would want stranded in that. Obviously, the further the run, uh, you're going to have to go up in wire size to keep the ground effective. Um, there are a lot of factors to consider in, in that question that are going to literally be case by case. But, um, you know, some of the... Solid wire is going to have a lower resistance. It's going to be more durable. Um, it's going to be more stable. But again, avoid sharp turns. Think, uh, you know, think PVC. When you see electrical PVC, you don't see 90s or elbows. You see sweeping bends. Um, some uh, stranded wire is flexible. If you've got something that moves around, let's say you're in an earthquake-prone area, then flexibility is key to fatigue. Uh, so uh, some might consider stranded wire to have enhanced conductivity. Uh, my experience with that was that's kind of a toss-up. Let me let things reset. So, again, there's no one answer that fits every size in this type of situation. Um, but I can tell you that the better, the sooner you get all those different grounds bonded together, the better off you're going to be and the more peace of mind you're going to have. Uh, let me throw something out there real quick about that before we get other questions on it. When I was in the industry, we used to use a device called a Megger. And a Megger, uh, in, in layman's terms, just it, it measures the effectiveness of a ground. And uh, we did experiments where we drove you know, eight-foot ground rods as big as your thumb, some 16-foot. Of course, we're using machinery to drive them. You're not going to likely drive a 16-foot ground rod by hand. But um, we would drive those things literally a fist apart from each other and then check them, and you never got the same reading on both grounds. One was always better than the other. You don't know what's in the ground. And just because they're four inches apart from each other doesn't mean they're going through the same soil conditions or anything else. One ground is always going to be better than the other ground, regardless of the situation. And that's called, the term for that is difference of potential. And again, as I said, electricity is going to seek the path of least resistance. So it's going to go to the best, closest ground and walk through any equipment that's in its way. Um, I hope, again, I hope that helped.
KS7ROH. Yes, it certainly does help. Um, I suppose my, my, my final question to you is uh, how does one acquire a Megger and uh, how much do those cost? Because I imagine they're not cheap. Um, uh, and uh, at that point, uh, let's, let's move on to uh, some more check-ins, I think. Uh, KS7ROH, uh, uh, back to net control. SCSW4EDP, absolutely. It's been a long time since I had my hands on a Megger, probably in the uh, late 80s to be exact, so I couldn't even begin to tell you where to find one or what one's cost would be today. Uh, you know, some of these surplus stores, especially Army, sur you know, uh, military surplus equipment, they use things like that. So uh, that would be a good place to start, I would think. All right, as Ed said, let's move on. Let's take some other calls that have some other questions or comments. Call now. Net control, Kilo Charlie 7, Yankee Fox Echo. Kilo Charlie 7, Yankee Fox Echo. Dale out of Roseburg. Okay, I got Dale, KC7YFE on the log. I know there was a couple of other stations out there, but Dale, go ahead with your question or comment. I just wanted to come in and thank you for uh, picking up the net. Don't really have any uh, any uh, traffic or information, but uh, or uh, anything like that. But uh, I just tuned in here a little bit ago. But uh, what I was curious about is uh, stranded or solid wire good for building antennas, or is it both? So I'll hand it back to you. Case you have YFE. Oh, well, before I forget to do it, let me also state that we got KM4, Victor Papagoff, on the log as well, Douglas, but he said he didn't have anything. Uh, well, this isn't really about building antennas, and that's not really my forte either. Uh, but i tell you what, my experience in putting up long wire antennas is stranded and solid doesn't make much difference. Um... Solid, just just be careful of the wire you choose. Get the right gauge wire, not only for the length that you're running, but for the stress that it is going to be under. When you run a long piece of wire and you try to keep it horizontal to the earth, you're, you'd be surprised how much tension is on that wire, and it can stretch, and it can snap and break, as I'm sure most of us have found out. But uh, that's really a better question for somebody who's really into antennas, and that's not me. I, I hope I helped somewhat. Well, another thing I was thinking about was the possibility of uh, building a portable loop for uh, HF. That would be kind of nice, you know, take some wire and build, build my own... Uh, HF loop. So I'm going to send it back to you, and I want to thank you for uh, picking me up there, sir. I'll hand it back to you for uh, other check-ins, and good evening, Douglas KM4BPG. Uh, back, and everybody else, KC7 YFE. All right, Dale, thank you. I'm sure there are a lot of uh, major experts out there on antenna building. I am just not that person. Uh, we're sitting here talking about grounding and bonding tonight. Uh, let's see, when Dale checked in, we had a couple of others that tried, and it was a little bit of a train wreck. Dale won out, so other stations wishing to check in and get in a comment or a question, call Dale. Victor Echo 7, Papa Gulf Echo. Victor Echo 7, Papa Gulf Echo. Randy in North Vancouver. Net control, this is Delta Uniform 3 X-ray Charlie Delta. Delta Uniform 3 X-ray Charlie Delta. The name here is Dennis, and I am from the Philippines. 
Just listening with great interest. Thank you very much, Net Control. I'll be on standby. Whiskey Echo 2 Alpha. Whiskey Echo 2 Alpha. Name is Pat. Zulu Lima 2 Bravo Echo Zulu. Zulu Lima 2 Bravo Echo Zulu. Will they come in? Okay, let's hold up there real quick. We had uh, Victor F. <laughs> a little dust. Too early. Tongue tied. VE7 PGE. And we got DU3XCD. Good evening, Dennis and Randy. We got WE2A Patrick. And we got ZLBEZ. That is Paul. Randy, VE7, Papa Golf Echo. What is your question or comment? Good evening. Uh, Victor Echo 7, Papa Golf Echo, returning. Uh, Randy in North Vancouver, nice and sunny here today. Uh, anyways, I worked for the railroad, uh, railway for, for a railway for uh, quite a few years, and uh, I remember uh, while I didn't work on locomotives, I wasn't involved with ele electrical anyways, but I noticed on the electrical panels on locomotives, they had a big sticker that said, do not measure, do not measure on the electrical panel. Um, any explanation on that? Well, I don't know that I have an explanation from the railroad's point of view. I personally have never seen that sticker, but I don't live my life in the locomotives. Um, but uh, I would guess that Megger sends a very healthy pulse down that conductor and down that rod. So my my guess would be that there is some equipment, you know, that that can be damaged by that pulse. So that would be my guess. And also, the, the locomotive in and of itself would not be tied directly to earth. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that, that makes perfect sense, yeah. Uh, uh, they were in electronics uh, involved, even with old, some of the older locomotives, so yeah, that'd be good. Um, and uh, as for grounding, yeah, the locomotive uh, uh, in, well, could be indirectly grounded to the rail, but uh, they don't want. They definitely do not want current passing through roller bearings uh, on the on the wheel sets. Uh, I know we had to be careful when welding on railway equipment that uh, we did not ground to the rail. Uh, very grounding to the car itself, but not the rail. Uh, so, uh, but uh, from one wheel to the other wheel, uh, you know, four feet eight and a half inches uh, it would uh, you know would pass no doubt pass the ground current, but. Uh, uh, the wheels and the axle are bonded together on their own, uh, just mechanically. But between the wheel, uh, the axle, and the rest of the car, you know, you don't want to pass a current through that. Anyways, that's my two bits worth. I'll let you continue with the net. Very good, very interesting. Victor Echo Seven, Papa Golf Echo Clear. Well, you bring up an unusual situation, and uh, you know as well as I do, there's some very large, very expensive traction motors under that locomotive, and they are tied directly and indirectly to a very large, very expensive generator on the back of that very large, expensive diesel engine. Notice the key words there, very large and expensive for everything. And I would imagine that the pulses out of that mega could create some, some issues there. Uh, locomotives, any locomotive, any time recently, has quite a bit of electronics on it. In fact, you, most people would be very surprised. Uh, the nose that you see on the front of a locomotive is a little bit of a combination of three different things. It's it's a sand tank, it's a room for electronics, and uh, it's a room for a little bit of a kitchen and a toilet, too. But uh, it, uh, that, those electronics up front, yeah, you, know, you wouldn't want to measure anywhere around those, I can tell you that, because those are some of the electronics that I work on. That was a good question, though. Nice to talk to somebody else in the same business. I don't know about you, but in 27 years, it's driven me, uh, let's see, I went from blonde to salt and pepper to gray to bald. So uh, I hope you fared better. 
ditto about the same here. 35 years of railroading here in the, in the in in the Vancouver area. Very good. Seven three, everybody. Big Echo Seven, Papa Golf Echo. All right, Randy. Appreciate it. Dennis, DU3XCD, I recognize that call from the Sunday Night Net. I think you said you were just listening, but let me give you a chance just in case. You got a question or a comment? Good evening, Dennis. Yeah, thank you very much, Net Control, for giving me an, uh, an opportunity to. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, just uh, saying hi to everybody, and um, you know, I'm really interested in all of uh, the discussions concerning grounding and uh, bonding. Uh, for now, I have no question, but uh, still listening well for more uh, uh, wonderful information. So let me return the microphone back to Net Control Delta Uniform Three X-ray Charlie Delta. W4EDP, Whiskey 4, Echo, Delta, Papa. My name is Emmett. This is the Absolute Tech Net. It is Tuesday evening, 7.53 p.m. Eastern. That takes us down to Pat, W-E-2-A. Pat, what is your question or comment? Good evening, sir. Well, good evening, Emmett, <clears throat> and good evening to everybody. Well, I have one of each. Uh, I've got a comment for Dale on his antenna question. Uh Put a, put a circle around the 20th, not next Tuesday, but the Tuesday after, and uh, and bring those questions there. Uh, I'll be doing uh, net control on Tuesday the 20th, and antennas will be the subject. So there's that comment. And then, uh, well, I guess it's more of a comment than a question. <clears throat> what we're, I think there's a lot of hams get in trouble because they don't understand the difference between or yeah, I guess it's the differences between grounding for your electrical portion of your house and then the grounding of RF for your, your station. You, you, you tie them together, but there's still, there's a big difference on how it's done. I don't know if that's in your wheelhouse or not, but uh, I, I think some people could use a, a little bit of an explanation on on how you do the the ground for your RF part of your station differently than you do for your uh, your power uh, grounding WE2A. Pat, that's an excellent topic. I'm not sure that uh, I'm an expert on the RF side, but I'll give it a shot. You know, one of the major differences between RF grounding and electrical grounding is uh, on the electrical ground. You want that to be pretty much a straight shot. You really don't want anything between the beginning and the end. On the RF ground, uh, it's, it's a little bit different. You do want a good ground, but you want things like lightning arresters. You want some devices that are in between the origination point and the ground to help protect you, but allow that RF to pass. And Pat hit the nail on the head. You do want to tie the grounds together. That's the bonding piece. And, you know, like we said earlier, anytime there is some type of a discharge, regardless of what creates it, it is going to go to the closest, bestest, I know that's not really a word, but we're going to use it anyway. It's going to go to the closest, bestest ground. So if you have multiple grounds bonded together, they don't all act in concert necessarily, depending on where that static discharge or whatever comes from. It's going to pick the best ground that it can get to the quickest. Um, but, uh, Pat, let me know if that made any sense. 
Oh, it, it made sense, Emmett. It really made sense. Uh, and, you know, just a sideline, you know, you said, you know, people say they, that their, their stuff got hit by lightning and it was more static. Uh, Emmett, my house has been hit by lightning. $25,000 worth of damage to the roof. Uh, it was, a, I mean, it was, you and I have to talk about that sometime. And the, the wild part is, the electrical stuff in the house and my radios, none of that was touched. It only took the roof out. And I, I was using a microwave when it happened. And it, it never even blinked. But when we got to looking at it, uh, one of the volunteer firemen is a ham radio friend of mine. And we were looking at my antennas. No sign of a strike at all. It actually hit the roof. But the big thing about RF grounding also is you have to pay attention on how long the ground wires are because, and I might get into that on the 20th, because um, you can get some interaction if it's an odd wavelength or it, it, it inter your grounding can interfere with your station, how it operates and, and cause you to get RF bites and stuff if it's not done quite right. But uh, anyways, that, that was what I was looking at. But the, to me, the biggest way to prevent any problems with lightning, and it's it's been my my religious routine, is the only time my my radios are hooked up to anything, <laughs> electrical wire or antenna, is when I'm using it. And as soon as I'm done, because I don't leave anything on, you know, like uh, I don't have a repeat or anything, so I I just disconnect everything. And if you're not running your radios and you don't need them on for anything, the best protection you can have is to, to totally unhook it. Because then, unless your roof gets hit, uh, you know, it'll be safe. Thanks, Emmett. That's all I got. W-H-A. Uh, Pat, you're dead on the money. Uh, the company I work for, we did work in Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Uh, so, you know, that's jam the lightning areas of the 48, and I've seen lightning do some stuff. I've seen it, you know, blow the tops off of telephone poles. I've, I've seen it obliterate transformers to the point where the biggest piece you could find might fit in your hand. Um, I've seen it set poles on fire. I've seen it travel down lines and uh, blow the tops off of other poles and set other poles on fire. I've seen plenty of homes get hit. And, uh, folks, it's not always metal. Uh, I mean, I you know don't profess to know everything about lightning, what attracts it, what causes it, but what Pat said is I've seen more than one house where lightning just dead zeroed the roof. Uh, you know, what might have been under that roof, I have no idea. But uh, guarantee you, if lightning actually hit your home, it left some serious behind it. And uh, the other thing Pat touched on that we want to emphasize is you know. The biggest amount of protection you can give is isolation. Uh, I've seen, you know, hams, I've seen commercial operators take loose a cable and lay it, you know, on top of the radio or right beside the radio. That, that's, well, uh, you know, you are improving your offer. Paul, ZL2BEZ, what was your question or comment? Well, maybe Paul was just to check in and moving on. All right, that brings us down to the bottom of that list, so let's see if we got anybody else who wants to get on the log with us tonight that has questions and or comments about our topic tonight, which is grounding and bonding. Stations, call now with your call sign phonetically twice, please. 
Yeah, uh, rocking me out. In and out tonight. Okay, we got a station keying up, uh, but I did get another station that said in and out, so how about that call sign on that station, please? Kilo, Charlie 1, Quebec, X-Ray Lima, KC1, QXL. All right, you're really facilitator. We have you on the log, and we have you as in and out. Are there any other stations that would like to talk to us tonight that have a question or a comment on our topic, grounding and bonding? Call now. KK7PZB. My name is Jeff. Akadaska Zulu. In and out. Lima 2 Bravo. Okay, we picked up uh, KC1 QXL. That's Derek. And uh, he's in and out. And then we picked up KK7PZB. That is Jeff. And then we had a recheck. From uh, ZL2BEZ. Paul, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, Roger, Emmett. Very good, sir. Thank you very much. Paul, I'm sorry, buddy, but uh, you got your call sign out. That's about all we heard. The rest was uh, nothing but uh, what I'll term is some serious packet loss. So we're going to move on, and we'll check back with you a little bit later. Uh, Let's see. uh, Derek uh, QXL was in and out. So that brings us down to Jeff, KK7PZB. Jeff, go ahead with your question or comment. Yes, uh KK7PZB. My name is Jeff. And I've seen lightning split a tree and set it on fire in Illinois. KK7PZB. Oh, I have seen lightning obliterate many a tree. I have even seen them strike. I have even seen lightning strike the top of a tree and set the inside of the tree on fire, and that tree burned for days and days and days on the inside and just smolder on the outside. It's uh, quite a sight to see that happen. But you're you're right. It happens. Okay, we had a station that I think ended in Papa Oscar Zulu, P-O-Z, but we missed the other part and we missed the name. That station only. Please call back. Kilo, India. Scott, Oscar Zulu. Kilo, India. Foxtrot, Oscar Zulu. Okay, a little break up on there, but we pulled out KI6, Foxtrot, Oscar Zulu. Uh, go ahead with your question or comment. KI6, FOZ, Tom here. I, uh, I have my unit on my boat. I live on my boat, and I have a uh, ICOM M802 uh, unit. And for my antenna, I have the backstay 
of the uh, sailboat, one of the cables that holds the mast up. And my ground is what they call a KISS ground, and it's mainly a counterpoise. So instead of having numerous copper plates and uh, drilling a hole through my boat and exposing it to the ocean, this KISS counterpoise seems to work just fine for my radio. Uh, I just wanted to comment on that. KI6FOZ, back to net. Well, Tom, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, boats are going to have a whole different set of issues. Um, you know, docks where you have a lot of boats in the water, especially where there's shore power, uh, there's generators, there's pieces of metal hanging off the boat into the water. That, that just poses a, a whole other set of problems. But like you said, you've kept that to a minimum, and what you have works and works good, so that's a good thing. All right, let's see if we got anybody else who wants to get on the log with us tonight and talk about grounding or bonding. Bring your questions and comments. Call now. Kilo Delta Five Papa Uniform Romeo. All right, I believe I picked up Papa Uniform Romeo. Folks, when you check in, if you give it to us phonetically twice, it sure will make things a lot easier on us. That Papa Uniform Romeo station call again. Oh, it looks like it looks like the logger got it. Thank you, thank you very much, Ed. Uh, KD five PUR. That would be Andrew. Looks like Andrew. Go ahead with your question or comment. Um, no questions. Everything, everything here is, is well grounded and isolated. But back in when back in Houston several years ago, I I had uh, two experiences with lightning. The first one was it hit a it hit a power pole somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where, but fairly far away, probably. And all it all it did was burn out a couple of light bulbs in the house and set the freezer timer on fire. Well, I'll tell you what. If you got enough of a surge to blow out some light bulbs, and which it really doesn't take much to burn out an incandescent bulb, but uh, if it set a freezer timer on fire, then if that's all that happened, you, you came out of that smelling like a rose, and I certainly wouldn't complain about any of it. I think uh, Paul might be back with us uh, via Echo Link, so let's try him. ZL2BEZ. Paul, are you with us? Yeah, hi, Emmett. Uh, ZL2BEZ, uh, back on frequency via Echo Link uh, via Jeanette's uh, 11 Cats network. <laughs> I like that. Anyway, just a, a tale of uh, past activity about 20 years ago when we still had analog TV in New Zealand. Um, if you uh, if you had a dipole in your backyard and you uh, connected up your HF rig, you'd hear uh, uh, spurious signals every about 15 kilohertz, and uh, you probably remember those days if you've ever done that sort of thing, Emmett. Anyway, um, the gentleman in question uh, asked for my help, so we drove a, a six-foot ground rod in the wind in the garden, little garden we had outside the shack window. And uh, ran a bit of uh, coax braid up to the radio back of the uh, the back of the radio, connected it up, and all those noises went away. So uh, I presume that he was probably only getting his ground via the power company, and that was probably uh, where all the noise was coming from. Or possibly it could have just been the uh, it just could have been the, uh, the 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 grounding that suited the antenna better. Anyway, back to you, Emmett. Um, ZL2BZ. Back to uh, where are you? I'll just, uh, hang on, let's have a look here. 
no, I don't want to. I don't want to leave Netlogger. Thank you. Absolute perfect transmission. Glad you found a way back in. Hey, that's ham radio, folks, you know. So, uh, we always find a way to make it work before it's over with. That's what it's all about. You've got a multitude of choices at your fingertips. Use them. Good to hear you, Paul, and you're exactly right. You know, we had somebody bring up earlier about the difference between electrical grounding and RF grounding and then bonding those two and how to go about it. So you're absolutely right. You know, one of the things I wanted to touch on a little earlier, and it looks like we have a little bit of time, so I'll do it now, is uh, towers and repeaters. I am a repeater owner. I own multiple repeaters. So many my wife thinks I am crazy, and she might have a valid point. But, uh, you know, we face a whole different set of, of problems, especially on 2 meters and 6 and 10 meters, because there are repeaters on 6 and 10. Doesn't affect 220 and 440 and up as much, but um, at the repeater sites, of course, you know I can't run up there and disconnect antennas every time a dark cloud moves over. And I do live up in the corner of Northwest Georgia. Matter of fact, we refer to things as TAG, Tango Alpha Golf, around here a lot, which stands for Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, because that's where we are. Is where those three states come together, and uh, we have mountains, we have valleys, we have flatland. And um, the towers can be a challenge. You know, number one, you want things grounded and bonded as best you can. You want lightning arresting equipment. You want uh, conditioning on power lines. You want solar transformers, things like that. But uh, I don't know how much people are aware of it, but, uh, you know, we've got one site here that's pretty high up. And we have a problem with high winds at that site creating static on the tower and in the guise. Um, and uh, I can hear a few people out there going, no way. Yes, it does happen. You know, a tower is not perfectly rigid. If it was, it would snap like a twig. It has to have some give and take and some movement in it. And the guy wires are not stretched banjo string tight either. Matter of fact, if you get far enough back and take a look at them, you'll see a swag in them, much like you see in power lines from pole to pole. Those guy wires have to be able to let that tower wiggle a little bit, and they have to be able to uh, uh, stretch and and come together in different temperatures, cold and hot. Um, so you, if you ever into a tower and look, you might have seen, you know, uh, grounding right at the base of the guys with anchor points from each. Let's just say you got three guy wires coming down to one anchor. You know, about uh, three to six foot away from that anchor, you'll see all three of those guys bonded together. And uh, then you'll see it going to ground at that anchor point. You'll see grounds coming off each leg of the tower. Uh, you'll see grounding. If it's a well-grounded tower, you'll see ground wires coming down to plates on the tower, which go to bigger cables that come down to the ground and then bond things in the building together. I think I might have broke my own rule and timed out, and I just got chastised, so, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hit myself upside the head a little bit later. This is W4EDP. My name is Emmett, and we're sitting here talking about bonding and grounding. So if we got any stations out there that want to get on the log with us and ask a question or make a comment, now is your turn. Call now. Alpha, Alpha Echo 7, Mike Romeo. Alpha Echo 7, Mike Romeo, comment. 
Alpha Echo 7, Mike Romeo. That'd be Mr. Terry. Go ahead with your comment, sir. Alpha Echo 7, Mike Romeo. Just before my... <coughs> excuse me. Oh, my, uh, I must have got something down the wrong too. <coughs> anyway, about the time I was about in here, in here uh, about 10 years uh, up in uh, um, Vancouver, Washington, uh, um, I, you know, we don't get much uh, lightning up here at all. <laughs> and <coughs> excuse me, a house actually uh, got caught, got hit on the second story side uh, side wall, and it exactly hit the junction box in the wall, and 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 it took everything out on both stories. And it was about, about somewhere up in my 10th year. Uh, let's see, 2008 was when I came into the ham. So it would be 10 years after that <coughs> but it happened. But, yeah, we got a literally hit, hit the size of the house right at, <coughs> right, right at the junction box. Uh, sorry about that. I'll, back to that. I'll well, Mr. Terry, I hope you... Uh... I hope, I hope you get it back together. You sound like you're having a rough time there for a bit. I hope you feel better. All right. Uh, yeah, you know, at the, end of, at the end of the night and at the end of the story, lightning is going to do what lightning is going to do, and there's little to nothing you can do to sway it. So the bottom line is the better grounded and the better bonded your home, your station, your equipment, your antennas are, the better off and the safer you're going to be. I tell you what, I have been at tower sites during thunderstorms in the south, and uh, it's not. I'm, I'm I'm a person that very little scares after working as a lineman for 20 years and then working at the railroad for almost 30. And uh, I'm gonna tell you what, I was nervous. I was flat out scared, and the first chance I got, I hauled out of there and left. It is. Uh, it is. Um, not a place to be. Let's see if we got anybody else who wants to join us tonight. Anybody with questions or comments related to bonding or grounding, call now. This is Kilo Four Bravo Foxtrot Mike Cat Bob. A question? Okay, I got the Kilo Kilo Four station. I believe it was Captain Mike. Go ahead with your uh, comment or question. Yeah, next to call is Captain Bob. Kilo Kilo Four Bravo Foxtrot Mike. I have a question about ball lightning. I've lived in Florida for 50 years, and I saw a ton of lightning hits. One of the guys I worked with was driving Orlando to Tampa. In Florida, is the lightning capital of the United States. And um, he said lightning hit the I-4 interstate. A big ball of lightning uh, was created, and the ball of lightning rolled on the road. And the cars were were, um, were swerving to miss it. And I thought three years later, I was in um, Fort, Fort Lauderdale in the house. We had Hurricane Wilma come through in 2005. And sure enough, lightning hit uh, outside my house. A big ball of lightning hit, but it didn't roll down the road. So my question to you, have, do you believe in uh, a ball of lightning? Are, are they real? Have you ever experienced one? Thank you. Well, first off, my apologies. I think I said Captain Mike and it's Captain Bob. But, uh, well, 
ball lightning is is definitely a thing. There's no questioning that. Scientifically, it is a thing. Have I ever personally witnessed it? No, I have not. But uh, I lived in Florida for 21 years. Uh, my Technically, my office, I live in Tennessee and work out of my home, but technically my office is in Jacksonville, Florida. So for all you railroad buffs, I just gave away who I work for. But um, I have seen many varying types of lightning. I have seen lightning, you know, hit roadways and, and just blow craters in the roads. Um, we have had locomotives get hit by lightning. We have had tank cars get hit by lightning. Um, I've never known one to be damaged that I am aware of. I'm sure it has happened, though. But, um, uh, you know, a ball of lightning rolling down the road? Nope, I've never seen that. Don't know anything about that, but I do know the term ball lightning is legitimate. Now, I'll tell you one thing I have known lightning to do, and that is destroy cars. And I don't mean total them as in bend them, wreck them, or burn them. I mean do so much damage to the electrical system and the electronics that the vehicles are not worth repair. All right, that's what Superman's good for. Okay, so let's, um, let's see. I believe that's the bottom of the list is we had it. Or wait a minute. KK4BFM, did I leave you out or did we get to you? Kilo, Kilo, Bravo, Foxtrot, Mike. To me. All right, sir. I apologize. I'm looking at NetLogger, and sometimes things aren't perfectly clear right here. All right, let's uh, see if we got anybody else that wants to uh, wants to get on the log with us tonight that might have a question or a comment related to grounding or bonding or just a good story where lightning is concerned. Call now. AKM6 SAI uh, checking in. Just listen. This is. Okay, how about give me that call sign phonetically a couple of times, please, sir? Yeah, Kilo November 6, Sierra Alpha India. Kilo November 6, Sierra Alpha India. All right, KN6 SAI, we've got you now. Did you have a question or a comment? Uh, no, sir, thank you. Just uh, Just here to listen. All right, Anthony, appreciate you checking in with us tonight. We are sitting here talking about grounding, bonding, and lightning tonight. So if you got a comment or a question that relates to that, we'd love to hear from you. But like they always say on the Absolute Tech Net, anything tech-related is allowed. We'll try to find somebody to help you out if Net Control can't. Stations, call now with comments or questions. Kilo Golf 5, Kilo Victor, Julia, KG5, KDJ, Garrett in Buda, Texas. November Uniform 7 My India. My name is Hank. November Uniform 7 India. Okay, I hope I got this right. Let's see. We got a KG5, KBJ. That is Sam. We got NU7I. That is Daryl. And then I heard Hank out there but did not get any part of the call. And uh, that KG5 KBJ station, let us know if that is the correct call. Kilo Golf 5, Kilo Bravo Juliet. Uh, that's a negative. Uh, Kilo Golf 5, Kilo Victor, Victor Juliet. Kilo Golf 5, Kilo Victor Juliet. KG5 KBJ, Garrett in Utah, Texas. Okay, Garrett, thank you very much. We'll get that corrected. Now for the station, all we heard was name is Hank. Somebody was interfering with me. This is King America 3, 
Boston Mary Sugar. King America 3, Boston Mary Sugar. Intercourse, Pennsylvania. All right, Hank, we got you. I don't think it was intentional. Just several people trying to check in all at one time. Let's go back up here to Garrett, KG5K Victor Juliet. Garrett, how you doing this evening? You got a comment or a question for us? Hey, I wanted to say thanks for running the net. Uh, I uh, I got no no questions, just a comment uh, in terms of grounding, grounding for your house. Get the ground rod down as far as you can. Uh, in Buda, just south of Austin, uh, we got a lot of caliche, and sometimes you can really get the ground rod down about four foot before you hit some rock. Uh, so that that's the best I got for you. In terms of lightning, I'm just going to find the shortest path to ground. Um, you know, so having your stuff grounded and bonded is good. And then also, if you're running an antenna tuner, maybe you're doing a long wire or a random wire antenna, it's always good to have a good ground uh, because that's where the other half of that signal goes. It's going to find that ground. That's where it's going to pick it up from. Uh, so anyway, this is Kilo Golf 5, Kilo Victor Juliet, back to net control. This is W4EDP, Whiskey 4, Echo Delta Papa. My name is Emmett, and this is the Absolute Tech Net on Tuesday evening. Yes, sir, all valid comments. You are dead on the money. And uh, the other thing, you know, always check with your local and municipal codes to see what is required. Now, remember, that code is the minimum. You can often likely do much, much more to help yourself out. Let's go down here to Daryl, NU7I in Arizona. Good evening, Daryl. What is your question or comment? Yeah, good evening, uh, everybody on the net. This is NU7I. Yeah, so uh, I'm a uh, totally blind ham, and I'm a you know accessibility software accessibility engineer, but I don't really <laughs> have a lot of uh, really hardcore uh, hardware practical skills to speak of. Um, so what I have right now is well, just the third prong on my you know AC outlets, just the the standard ground. Um, I, I think maybe I know where the uh, uh, power meter is, and that's way on the other side of the house. I'd have to run 200-plus feet of wire to get to it, and I don't really know how to, how to, uh, uh, how to run uh, ground wire uh, or ground rod down to the ground. I guess what I'm thinking, you know, and, and the other thing is I don't really, I've not, been able to do super well since moving here to Peoria, finding any any really good Elmers or anybody like that to uh, work with me. I've had several several such projects that I need to figure out. Anyway, um, so is it worth still running, you know, a couple hundred feet of wire to that ground plate or whatever is over there in addition to the ground wire? Or does that run into other problems with, like, having it, talking about earlier, having some kind of ground loop or something like that? Uh, is it better or worse if I just ran the ground rod without connecting to the, I guess, bonding, right, is what you're talking about, connecting to the, uh, the ground? Um, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't know. If I was going to take a step, uh, in this direction, uh, I know what would you think is the higher priority to work on first, because that's kind of how I have to do it with uh, 
resources and time. Definitely right now what I do is when I, if I even think the weather isn't going to be great, I just disconnect the antenna and disconnect uh, power uh, from everything until it, the weather passes and hope for the best. And I do keep the wires pretty far away from the equipment, so that's, that's kind of how I roll at the moment. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at a text I just got. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Daryl, you've got a little bit of a special situation. You touched on it and uh, beat me a little bit to the punch there, but uh, first off, you know, finding a good Elmer, a good Elmer is worth their weight in gold. Are there any clubs or anything anywhere close to you? Yeah, there are a couple, and I'm a member of them. Um, it seems harder than it used to be, though, to find somebody. You know, I can, I can check into nets, and I can talk to people and meet people virtually like that. But it's been pretty hard to find anybody willing to, uh, you know, spend a lot, very much in-person time. It seems different than it used to be when I was a teenager and I first got licensed. I've been licensed for almost 40 years now. Um, I had no trouble. I had more Elmers, a diverse group of Elmers, more than I knew what to do with. And it's just very different nowadays. I'm not as interesting, probably. Um, so, you know. Um, but, yes, I've done this. Uh, I had to actually get on uh, one of my Slack channels at work, uh, one of my Arizona Slack channels, and got somebody who was not a ham at all, you know, but she came over and between the two of us we got, we got my antenna, my little Alpha FMJ antenna back up and got the coax ran uh, under the window and in, inside my office. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of been like that. I'll probably try it again, uh, but um, I just listened to this conversation and feeling discouraged and probably, you know, like I said, the best policy I have right now is uh, is pretty much isolation if I think that there's a storm coming in or something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a whirl again. It's been a while since I've, since I've tried. All right. Thanks a lot. This is and you said. All right, Daryl. We certainly don't want you to go away discouraged, buddy. I tell you what. You know, if if I would be, two hundred foot is 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 doable. I mean, that is doable uh, with the right wire and the right equipment. Um, if nothing else, I, well, first off, I I would uh, I would be a little bit hesitant personally, and I emphasize personally, to drive a second ground. Uh, and introduce a difference of potential with my equipment. I think in the meantime, what you're doing with disconnecting the equipment is the best that you can do with the situation that you've got. But you might look for friends or friends of friends who are licensed electricians, and I emphasize the word licensed, um, and see if they can you know, give you some pointers or some tips and possibly help you out a little bit. And I wish you all the luck, buddy. I really do. Let's see, we had, uh, Hank is up next, KA3BMS up in Pennsylvania. Hank, how you doing tonight? What is your question or comment? I'm fine. Thank you for the net. Good evening, KA3BMS, Intercourse, Pennsylvania. All right, sir. Well, we are glad you joined up with us tonight. You know, I'll read off something that's uh, for those of you that are not in NetLogger. 
uh, one of the gentlemen that we were talking to earlier said the second event that he had uh, witnessed was looking out a front window and saw lightning come out of the ground, spiral up a pine tree, and go out of the top of the tree. That's not unheard of. As a matter of fact, there have been many things caught on camera where what people generally refer to as leaders come off of a building or a tree or a, even a telephone pole or something like that and start reaching their way skyward when something comes out of the sky and meets them and connects the two things together. And generally, bad things happen at that point, at that point, but that is not unheard of and has actually been caught on camera multiple times. All right, folks, this is W4EDP. My name is Emmett. This is the Absolute Tech Net. It is Tuesday evening. 8.35 p.m. Eastern, we're talking about grounding, bonding, and lightning. Anybody with questions, comments, or stories and want to talk to us, call now. This is, this is Whiskey 7, Echo Foxtrot Sierra. Whiskey 7, Echo Foxtrot Sierra, 20 in Central Washington State. KG4BHR, Kilo Golf. Or Bravo Hotel Romeo, Sean in Albertville, Alabama. Just getting in for the count, Emmett. Good evening. Control, this is K5NO, Kilowatt 5, Newey, Ontario, Mark in Fern Park, Florida. Alpha Echo 7, Mike Romeo. Okay, let's hold up there. Uh, we picked up several that go round. We got uh, W7EFS Tony. We got my buddy Sean KG4BHR. We got Mark K5NO. Mark, I'm gonna put you on the spot and make you explain to me what a Noe Ontario is. And we got Mr. Terry checking back in AE7MR. So let's go up here to Tony W7EFS. Tony, good evening. What is your comment or question? Well, thank you very much, and hello to everybody. Uh, more of a comment there, but uh, 1982, I got to attend an electrical safety seminar, and one of the uh, main speakers in this seminar was the person who invented the defibrillator. His name was Claude Haggard. And I'll never forget what he presented during this uh, electrical safety seminar. But uh, the comment I'd like to make tonight is just encourage everybody to remember that uh, what Claude told us was that it only takes 35 milliampers, 35 milliampers to induce ventricular fibrillation in the heart. Not atrial fibrillation, but ventricular fibrillation. So I think you can imagine that 35 milliampers isn't too much, but if that gets routed through the heart, uh, that's enough to throw the whole works into a mess. So just an electrical safety comment I'd like to make, and thank you all. W7 EFS. Well, Tony, you are absolutely correct. It doesn't take much of anything to uh, do some serious damage, especially to a human. And that story right there is just evidence of it. You know, one of the other things that hasn't been mentioned tonight is rotator wire. 
you've got a rotator on your tower and you've got multi-conductor wire coming down that tower and into your home from that rotator to the controller, that's another path for something to go really seriously wrong. And there are there is protection equipment uh, that is made for that. So uh, even with a well-grounded, well-bonded installation, I suggest you look into things like RF grounding, lightning protection, and rotator cable protection as well. Uh, let's see. I think Sean was just uh, traveling through, but we'll check to make sure. KG4BHR, my buddy to the west. Sean, how you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm all right, Evan. Good evening uh, to you. Good evening to the net, KG4BHR. Man, since, uh, since you called me out, I'll go ahead and throw a little story out there. Uh, we were working at the, uh, uh, you know, I work at the quarry up here in Huntsville, Alabama, and uh, we had a thunderstorm roll through, and we all took cover and got out of the equipment and, and whatnot. Uh, one of the supervisors got a phone call shortly after the storm rolled through, and uh, another construction company that we work closely with, uh, say a construction, had a, uh, had a bulldozer uh, sitting on site was struck by lightning and uh, pretty much totaled the machine. Uh, cosmetically, the machine was fine, but all the electronics, everything, wiring, uh, all the computers um, were done. Everything was just fried. Um, they did put it back together, um, but it was it probably cost half of what a new machine cost in order to, to do that. So, uh, yeah, that was crazy. And uh, another quick story, uh, my parents' house, the uh, transformer hanging out on a pole was hit. And uh, it fried just about every uh, electronic uh, device in the house. Uh, melted several surge protectors. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, that was a mess, too. That was a, that was a homeowner's insurance nightmare. <laughs> Lightning is no joke, people. That's for sure. Anyway, uh, Emmett, have a good evening. I'm out of here. Uh, got an early morning tomorrow, so we'll take care. Seven three KG four BHR. All right, y'all. Appreciate you checking in with us tonight, buddy. This is W four EDP. My name is Emmett. We're sitting here talking about lightning, grounding, and bonding. Sean brought up surge protectors. Um, do your homework if you purchase a surge protector. Make sure it's the right one for the right job. A plug strip alone is not a surge protector. And one thing to be very careful about with plug strips is plastic ones. If they do take a hit, they can themselves become a problem and start a fire from the plastic melting. If you're going to use a plug strip, it is much better to purchase and spend some money on a good metal one that does have true surge protection built into it. All right, let's go down here to Mark, K5NO. Like I said, Mark, I hear you on the Sunday night net. I hear you on this net. I'm going to put you on the spot. Tell me what the heck is a Noe Ontario. Good evening. Well, thank you very much, Emmett, and good evening to you. Good evening to the rest of us. This is K5NO, Kilowatt 5, Noe Ontario. The name is Mark, Mexico for Radio Canada, Mark with C. And the QTH is, two words, Fern Park, Florida, just north of Orlando. We have 55 degrees under clear skies, going to low at 46, 
and a high Wednesday of 66. Well, as far as service protection goes, um, I'll tell you firsthand, uh, I, um, before that, uh, before the assisted living center where I am now, I used to live in Winter Springs with my wife, Harriet, of blessed memory. And uh, we have surge protection uh, daily. Um, it, it hurts, and um, um, uh, uh, electricity has um, uh, caught, uh, caught where you need them. And um, uh, the upshot is a surge protector protects them well. And um, um, uh, you say I spend to um, uh, uh, do with energy as our uh, electrical provider. Before that, we have um, uh, Progress Energy, before that, Florida Power. But um, it's worth it. Um, uh, it um, costs a little and does great service. Believe me, uh, you'll be thankful that you did. Other than that, Emmett, things are going fine and uh, everything is well. So, um, Emmett, back to you, 73s. Have a great week and stay safe. This is K5NO, Kilowatt 5, Noe, Ontario. All right, Mark. Well, you have a good week. Stay safe too, buddy. And, uh, you know, you touched on something. Some There are such things as, as panel and whole home surge protection devices. Um, some power companies offer them. You can call your local power company and find out if they do. Um, otherwise, you can get with an electrician, licensed electrician, and they can install either panel or whole they can install devices at the panel, or power companies can install it at the meter if they offer it. Some electricians will work with the power companies, and you can put your own in at the meter. Uh, prices vary. Some of them carry insurance. Some of them don't. But uh, generally speaking, they uh, might be worth it, especially if you live in a lightning-prone area. And I lived right around St. Augustine for 21 years, so I'm very familiar with Florida lightning. Mr. Terry, AE7MR, I believe you wanted to recheck. Go right ahead, sir. Echo uh, 7 micro, let me well. I've got a couple of things, and one of them will be on the on the bulb lightning, but I want to address the blind hands problem. Uh, if he takes a, a wire that long to, to uh, as the ground, it's going to become the other half of an antenna. It's just like my FT818. When I use the uh, 1890-19 telescoping antenna off the back, I have a ground wire that uh, uh, completes the rest of that antenna. So you're, you're going to be complete. You're going to if you if you're making it to ground, it needs to be as short as short as possible. And what I normally do is I put one one stake in the ground to to bring that ground off 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 of the things. And then I put two others uh, within uh, three feet of each other and make a, tri a triangle there, so that it, it pulls. You know, so that the the the, the ground the grounding pulls. But yeah, uh, if you're going to go to the to that uh, extent, you're, you're going to be that other half is going to be the antenna, uh, the, that's the second half of the antenna, and the bald lightning in Arizona. They get a lot of it down around Quartzsite. And uh, they, there's been airplanes that 
it's actually passed through without damaging the airplane, and and, uh, and that. And when it hits the ground, uh, it's it's uh, it sounds like a, thund a thunder instead of instead of a lightning. But yeah, it, 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 that ball lightning will actually go through. But now to the to the other issue, uh, that much that that much like I said, that much uh, wire is going to become a se a second half like 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 as if you've got some kind of a center-fed dipole. Well, it's going to become one and half, one half of that that kind of of the thing with the antenna and, and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, you might stand a chance to not. I better grab them and be right back. Alpha Echo Seven Micro. We don't want to. We don't want to feed the feed the, the timeout timer, do we? Anyway, uh, yeah, that that second half of that wire that you're using to ground your your station will will actually become part of the antenna if it's way too long. That's one of the things that they taught taught me with my screwdrivers is. Uh, make a make a short 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 uh, uh, ground if you got if you got to do it and I've got the A test so you know I have to ground 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 with with the A test 128 Alpha Echo 7 Mike Romeo. Yes, sir. As always, when grounding and bonding, the shorter the better. That is definitely true. There are ways to get around long runs. It can be done, but it will get involved. And you're right. That A test. That's an awesome antenna, but it needs a great, great ground. Well, folks, I think we have just about run our course tonight. We have a hard stop at preferably maybe a little before that. We've had a good evening, so we're going to make one last call for questions or comments, and then that is going to be all she wrote tonight. So if you've got a question or a comment about grounding or bonding, call down. Okay, I copied a station that I believe started with Kilo Juliet 5. Uh, that station, come again, give me that phonetically and a little bit slower, please. 5, Kilo, Kilo Juliet 5, Bravo, Okay, for some reason you're chopping at the end. Give me just the suffix, just the suffix of your call. Okay, I'm sorry, Bravo Hotel, but at any rate, if you've got a comment or a question, go right ahead with it. Okay, uh, I believe the question, like I said, you're a little bit choppy in and out. The audio is not the best in the world. I'm not trying to be critical, just trying to tell you my, explain my problems. But I think you said something about the second or third floor. Um, there's really not going to be any difference vertically versus horizontally. You're just going to have to deal with the distance. Your biggest problem vertically is going to be how to get down to the ground, and that's going to differ from case to case. So, uh don't really know how specific I can be with that. I'm sorry, but I hope that helps somehow. All right, sir, and I believe this is Nathaniel or Nathan, KJ5BHK. We do have you on the log. All right, folks, that is going to wrap it up for me. I am going to turn this back over to Scott in for UPC and let him do his close down piece. Y'all, it was fun. I enjoyed the questions. I enjoyed the comments. Learned a lot from y'all, and I hope that I passed along at least, you know, 
one little piece of wisdom in the last two hours. Y'all have a good evening. Stay safe. Stay weather aware. Ground and bond that station. You can't lose doing it. This is W4EDP. I am clear. All righty. Thanks much for uh, running the net tonight, Emmett. Great job. Uh, we've, we've taken the pulse of the network, and we found out that uh, you know everybody says it was definitely an excellent net. Do want to remind everybody uh, to that we are here each uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Again, that's 7 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to check out the website at absolutetech.org. With that, we're going to go ahead and close everything down. Uh, be advised that at the top of the hour, we will go into the Colorado Astronomy Net. Uh, this is N4UPC 7-3, everyone.